This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, everybody. I'm Don Andrews with Look West, and with me today is producer Henry Lowe. Hi, Henry. Hi, Don. How are you? Doing well. Uh, this episode that we've put together here has a dual purpose. It's not only Asian Pacific Islanders Heritage Month here in May, but it's also the one-year anniversary of something called the API Equity Fund. Uh, you spoke to some Asian community leaders about both of these subjects. Uh, Who did you talk to? I had the opportunity to speak to Assemblymember Phil Ting, who chairs the Assembly Budget Committee, I also had the opportunity to speak with Goye Yang, Executive Director of the California Commission on Asian and Pacific Islander American Affairs, and Manju Kukarni, the Executive Director of Asian American and Pacific Islander Equity Alliance, also known as AAPI Equity Alliance. And I also like to add that AAPI Equity Alliance is a co-founder organization of Stop AAPI Hate. Now, you got a chance to ask each of these folks what uh, Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month means to them. What did they tell you? Each one uh, provided their own perspectives, and I thought it was incredibly insightful. Um, uh, let me start with Assemblymember Phil Ting. Well, well, this month really is one of the few months where people talk about uh, Asian Americans, uh, people talk about our, our community, uh, our culture. But I think what's so important is acknowledging our history, uh, talking about the um, the settler, early settlers, talking about Fred Korematsu and his uh, contribution to stand up against the Japanese American internment, um, talking about the Vietnamese uh, boat people who you know stood side by side uh, in Vietnam fighting with the United States and then had to flee um, as they as they lost their homeland. Um, you know, talking about all the all the Filipinos who immigrate here, many of whom work in our healthcare system. Um, this is really a great month. Uh, I really look forward to it. A lot of celebrations, uh, but also a lot of acknowledgement. Then I had a chance to speak to Gawia Yang. I would say API Heritage Month take on multiple meetings for me. Um, it's a time where we are able to celebrate our solidarity um, and also our unity within the AA and HPI communities. It's also a time where we're able to really amplify or even educate, right? Um, our friends, our neighbors, our schools, uh, you know, other communities about Asian American and Pacific Islander history and stories of triumph, resilience, and then also even be able to discuss our hopes and our visions that awaits us. And finally, I had an opportunity to speak to Manju Kukarni. It's been important um, to have a month to highlight our issues, our concerns, our needs, but also our accomplishments. Um, and I think to see and recognize those in our community who are often not recognized. Uh, so this month is really important for us. But let me say one thing. We should be celebrated and acknowledged all 12 months. You also spoke with the same three people about the API Equity Fund. What is that? The API Equity Budget is a historic three-year investment of $166.5 million for California's API community. And this budget um, will be used to fund resources to address the unfortunate surge in hate crimes against APIs, as well as um, look at how do we address the longstanding uh, racial inequities that have harmed 
uh, the APAC community for not just in recent uh, memory, but for generations. And so really it's, it's about restorative justice uh, for this community. Uh, Assemblymember Ting, as well as members of California's Asian Pacific Islander Legislative Caucus played a very pivotal role in securing passage of the API equity budget. Assemblymember, welcome. Thanks, Henry. Thanks for having me. It's great, sure. great to be here. Uh, why don't you describe to us you know, what is the API equity budget and its goals? Uh, over the last couple of years, what we saw was a huge spike in anti-AAPI hate, uh, not just in California, but really all over the entire country. And while anti-API hate has nothing new in California, it's been around as long as settlers came here to build the railroads in the mid-1800s, what we saw was a spike that happened um, all across the country. And it didn't, it seemed like you couldn't go a day without an incident of somebody getting attacked in a liquor store, someone getting spit on in a subway, someone getting called a name walking to work, or people getting attacked. Uh, waiting for the bus. Uh, seniors and elders in particular, as well as women, uh, our most vulnerable members seem to be targeted uh, by many, many people of all shapes and sizes, unfortunately. So there wasn't really a single profile. But what we did see is thanks to uh, really a number of organizations tilting up the website, Stop AAPI Hate, is we saw over 11,000 people the last few years uh, step forward file incidents of anti-API hate and say uh, what, what their incident was, as well as speaking up and really working with their communities all across the country to say that enough is enough. As we watched what was happening in California and we were dealing with a historic budget, we had really an opportunity to make a huge uh, budget investment in the AAPI community, really the largest uh, budget investment targeted towards our community in the state's history. And given the significant surplus, we were able to appropriate over $166 million over the next few years uh, to really stop uh, anti-Asian hate and to really stem the tide of violence. Uh, since this passage uh, nearly a year ago, um, you know, can you describe how the AP equity budget is already making a difference in terms of um, empowering these organizations you mentioned that have been around, but uh, really needed uh, that um, enhancement to really make a difference? Well, the first is we were able to make initial investments uh, two years ago and a much larger investment through the AAPI equity budget in Stop AAPI Hate. That was a website that was uh, tilted up really overnight. And we saw the website go viral. Uh, we saw mainstream organizations like the Warriors and the Giants, uh, you know, advertise about it. NBC advertised about it and really a huge response. So we made sure that that organization got over $10 million of the last two wow. years. Uh, we also invested $10 million into AAPI research because one of the issues around hate crimes is just lack of data. Uh, you look at counties such as San Bernardino, Riverside, they reported no hate crimes. Wow. And it wasn't because there weren't any hate crimes in those two very, very large counties. It was simply because uh, law enforcement wasn't trained to identify hate crimes or people didn't uh, step forward or law enforcement didn't take them down. And so what we um, wanted to do was to make sure that we were doing our own data collection, really taking a look at how big the problem was. Uh, obviously, we had a lot of anecdotal information, uh, but that's really not good enough for policymakers. You need to see something that's systemic. If it's only happening to one or two people, 
it's an individual issue, if it's happening to an entire community, then you could prescribe a much larger solution. Within the largest bucket of resources, there's $110 million that went to victims services. So any organization that was uh, out there serving victims, it could be educating victims, organizing victims, uh, doing any kind of victim services. Uh, we saw the initial grants come out. About $14 million was released uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, uh, all over the state, you know, four million in the Bay Area, four, four million in LA, uh, three million in San Joaquin in the Central Valley, as well as uh, Northern California, uh, a little bit over a million in Orange County, and eight hundred and thirty thousand in uh, Southern California, so basically south of Orange County. And, and what we saw is uh, organizations, large and small, get significant investments and in resources, because uh, quite often when you're in um, harder to reach communities like the Central Valley, you don't have an advocacy organization, you have a benevolent organization, maybe you have a family association or a religious organization. And so we really wanted to invest in those groups to help them build their capacity uh, to really represent our community and to really speak up and be a, a you know, proud voice. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think um, similar to what you said was so important about seed money or foundational resources in regions, in communities that have been disenfranchised of resources before to really um, get organizing started um, where it's been needed. So that's wonderful. Um, from the perspective of the present day and what has happened in the last two years, um, how do you see us as community uh, moving forward? Well, we're, we're a very broad uh, community. We use the label AAPI, but as you know, Henry, uh, when you look at older Asian Americans, you're really Chinese or you're Japanese or you're Korean or you're Hmong or Laotian or Filipino, Vietnamese, uh, South Asian, Indian, Pakistani. Um, and so the list goes on and on and on. And so the, you know, our biggest challenge is coming together as a broader AAPI community. So we want it to be respectful. Uh, make sure that uh, all the communities uh, within the within the umbrella really were getting resources, but it's also uh, in, inherent that we need to come together to work together. So that's also part of the equation that we we face and something that we all um, still face challenges to. Uh, this was one of the first times we sort of broke through the mainstream. Quite often, most people feel like Asians are doing great. Asians haven't made uh, their the model minority myth, right? <laughs> right, the model minority. They, they are they're getting well paid jobs, and and there definitely are those Asian Americans who are highly educated, uh, well paid. They're in white collar professions, but we also see uh, a lot of Asian Americans who aren't educated, don't speak English. They work in restaurants. Um, they work in minimum wage jobs or even below minimum wage jobs, uh, struggling every day, whether it's in contracting uh, or construction. And what we see is we have two communities oftentimes and, and really our most vulnerable APIs are uh, people who often don't speak English, often elderly, uh, people who are isolated. And a lot of our efforts is really to reach out and support them, make sure that their voice is heard and make sure that the resources that they need are, are getting to the community. There is uh, this prevalence of this model minority myth and that therefore we don't need assistance or resources. And this myth also then hides a lot of inequities in our community. Um, what do you think the rest of America can learn about efforts in California to address um, the anti-hate crime incidents the last two years that we've seen? 
Yeah, what we see is quite often because there's this model minority myth that uh, Asian Americans are doing fine, you don't really see a significant amount of government resources going towards the community to really help the community. Uh, what this said is um, it really was government's role to step up to help our community during this time insur insurgence of hate against our communities. And really, you know, we saw seniors, we saw women really be the primary targets of this hate. And while we're hearing fewer stories, uh, it's still horrific, some of these stories in terms of, uh, you know, people getting followed home and murdered, uh, you know, the, the, the poor woman in the subway in New York getting pushed uh, to her death. And so what we see is, again, uh, incidents that's still out there, uh, there's still quite a uh, significant amount of hate targeting our community. Uh, the rhetoric has lessened now that um, our you know, former president has uh, left office. And so that's helped. He's not out there um, you know, fomenting hate every single day. Uh, but what we do see is we still um, have a long way to go. It was way too easy to incite this hate, to, to bring it out of the woodwork and to target our community. Uh, and it's much easier to uh, incite violence than to heal people and to bring people together. And so that's much a much longer road that we have to hoe. Um, and it really is inherent that we, you know, inherent on us in California to go and make those investments in our community. Uh, we also need to make sure that other states are doing the same thing. So hopefully um, other groups around the country were inspired by what we did in California and, and took that as an example so they, they could make those same requests, whether it's in New York or Georgia or Illinois or Texas, where there are very sizable uh, AAPI uh, communities and uh, organizations out there that really are probably feeling overwhelmed because again, those 11,000 incidents didn't come from California on the Stop API website. They really came from all around the country. Yeah, I think that um, Asian Americans, Islanders here in California, we should be very um, proud of ourselves for being able to achieve what we have. And hopefully it will serve as uh, lessons for communities across the country. Uh, but certainly there's still a lot more work to be done here in California. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And we see with some of the groups putting um, uh, their resources. Uh, we saw senior walk uh, groups being um, set up. That's that that was quite common, where you where you have people walking people at night at universities. Uh, this was very uncommon in our cities, but in San Francisco, we started a senior walk program. So seniors oh. can get groceries. Feel free to um, you know take their walk or uh, feel feel safe uh, getting from uh, one place to another. So that that was just one critical resource. Uh, other resources are really um, designing you know working with different organizations designing safety strategies. How to how to keep you know our community safe. Uh, while law enforcement is definitely a piece of that equation, it's really working with you know business leaders. Uh, community organizations coming together to make sure that we are doing everything possible to watch what's going on on our streets so that we can protect our own community members. And so um, you really see uh, people taking you know, organizations uh, and people within those organizations really taking a hard look at what could we be doing differently? Uh, what voices do we need to amplify? How do we have a larger presence? And also, how do we reach out to other communities, whether it's the you know Jewish community, African-American community, uh, LGBT community, Latino community, uh, women's community. How do we reach out across those other communities to really, uh, you know, come together, hold arms, uh, and stand up to hate uh, together? Right, and I think that's probably uh, one shining example where California can be a role model to the country as a whole is you know, building a 
state where we celebrate our diversity and we leverage it as a resource and is something that is to be welcomed and to be encouraged and not to be used as a tool of division and xenophobia, right? Absolutely. What we saw is really the last four years, we saw leaders in, frankly, unfortunately, social media um, very much focus on spreading lies, uh, spreading uh, innuendo, and really dividing the country. And unfortunately, it continues to divide the country. We we are a very divided country right now. Um, And I think these grants, these um, organizations are really at the forefront, the tip of the spear of trying to bring people together. Uh, to unify people, to really serve our most vulnerable uh, AAPIs in our community in California and ensure that they have opportunity, they have safety, uh, that they can go about uh, their daily lives without fear of harassment or or hate. Um, And so again, it's really about all of us uh, moving forward together as a state. Thank you, Mr. Ting. Next, we have Goie Yang, Executive Director of the California Commission on Asian and Pacific Islander American Affairs. We talked about the role of the commission and their work with the API equity budget. We are an independent state commission whose mission is to elevate the political, economic, and also the social issues of Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders, also known as AANHPI. Um, by really contributing to and strengthening how the state government addresses the very diverse and complex needs, issues, and concerns of our very diverse uh, AANHPI communities. You know, our role is to be one of the AANHPI voices in navigating um, state departments, uh, state legislature, and the governor's office to ensure that the state is responding and being inclusive to AA and HPI needs. So during the pandemic, we've seen a rise in hate incidents uh, directed toward Asian Pacific Islander Americans. Uh, as you are aware, uh, California last year passed a historic $166.5 million API equity budget. Um, why was this needed? So, I mean, during the pandemic, as you mentioned, we saw the rise in hate incidents and sometimes even hate crimes against our AAPI communities here in California and throughout the nation. Um, You know, I also wanna give a shout out to Stop API Hate, um, which is a coalition among three organizations, which includes API Equity Alliance, uh, which is formerly AFCON, uh, Chinese for Affirmative Action, also known as CAA, and then also San Francisco State, um, who came together to really collect and also report data of hate incidents impacting AAPI communities across um, the state of California and then also in the nation um, to really elevate the heartbreaking evidence that AAPI communities are in fact um, a target. Um, And so I think without them really being able to kind of be the catalyst in this, we wouldn't have gotten this far, right? And so then last year, um, you know, we continue to see the uptick of violence, especially in SF Chinatown and Oakland Chinatown and LA. Uh, we've also heard about, you know, the, the hate incidents and even the Central Valley and San Diego. Um, and what pushed us over the edge was the tragic spa shooting in Atlanta, where eight individuals lost their lives, many of which were Asian American women. Um, the issue of hate incidents against AAPI communities just could no longer be ignored. 
right? And so um, at that moment, um, Dr. Pan, who is the chair of the ATI Legislative Caucus, as well as our commission's chair, Chair Ramakrishnan, uh, quickly began a conversation between the commission and the caucus in terms of, you know, what do we really need to do to take action and respond to the needs here in California? So, of course, that's um, where the birth of the API equity budget came out. Uh, you know, uh, community-based organizations have already been responding to the work and oftentimes doing so without resources. Um, I think we we saw that, you know, philanthropy were then also responding and trying to figure out where to put the money. And so it was just really good timing that the, that the state of California also then responded with this fund. Um, I also wanted to say that, you know, this is just the beginning, right, of addressing the fact that AA and HPI communities have been othered and left out of conversations, and then therefore left out of being able to have access to resources and services. So, um, you know, hate incidents and hate crimes, yes, we do see an increase in the past couple of years. But Henry, you also know this, right, is that it's, isn't, it's not anything new to our community. If we just think back in U.S. history and looking at the Chinese Exclusion Act, you know, the Gentlemen's Agreement, the Immigration Act of, I think, 1924, where they barred immigration from Asia altogether, right? And so I think it's uh, just seeing how historically our communities have been left out um, and then othered. Um, and so I think this is the beginning of, um, uh, of appropriate state responses uh, to meeting the needs of API uh, communities. Now that we have this uh, API equity budget, um, you know, how do we make sure that those communities and community needs, uh, those resources are there to raise greater awareness and visibility of the various needs of our communities? This is the beginning, right? Um, in the past 10 months since the budget was signed, uh, we have worked closely with the California Department of Social Services to conduct listening sessions, outreach to community-based organizations who have already been doing the work and really learn from there, from them where the resources need to go. Uh, we, you know, support with developing the grant application and also really pushing, you know, CDSS to not only fund direct services, but also to, al to also fund um, community prevention and intervention programs, right? Uh, because we know that, you know, we need to also be looking at prevention and intervention. Um, you know, we've been working closely with also the State Library on a similar process for ethnic media grant programs to elevate services uh, for victims and survivors of hate crime. Um, the hope is that uh, this would allow us to also navigate um, other state departments and figure out, yeah, where do we expand language access? You know, because we know that language continues to be a barrier for our communities to even just receive basic information, right? And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities to figure out how do we work with state departments to really expand, uh, you know, necessary programs and to expand their language, um, access of, you know, translation, interpretation, audio recordings, et cetera. Um, there's also opportunities to determine like, where can we disaggregate data within the AA and HPI community so that we can really target resources to uh, you know, marginalized communities as well. Um, 
I also wanted to address one more thing, Henry, if that's okay. I, I just want to, you know, emphasize that one of the key, one of the key things we need to focus on is also sustainability. Um, and we need to ensure that these funds are not just for the next two years, right? Because the way that it has been appropriated is for three years. Of course, we're like in year one um, and it takes time to really kind of build up a program. And so we have like the next two years um, or two and a half years, um, you know, to really uh, disseminate the funds and, you know, kind of see how or, or what we learn from the community-based organizations so that it could really help to kind of um, secure some sort of ongoing funds. I think you just you just laid out the um, path forward as far as um, what needs to be done further in terms of ensuring uh, policies that are uh, linguistic and culturally uh, observant of our different communities, as well as the data that's needed um, to paint a comprehensive picture of the needs of our um, Asian American and Pacific Islander and Native Hawaiian communities here in California. Um, Moving forward, um, how do you see California as a model for the rest of the nation and other states dealing with similar um, hate crime issues? Um, I do want to say that there are so many things that we actually learn from other states and uh, the advocacy that AA and HPI leaders have done in other states and also in the nation. But of course, with the largest AA and HPI population residing in California, we do have a huge obligation and opportunity to really respond to the needs um, and be a model. I think I shy away from saying that we're a model, right? But to be really honest, like we do have that opportunity to be a model for other states and the, and the nation. And I would also say, and this is not to toot our horn at all, but, <laughs> but I would also say that it is really important to be able to have something like a commission on Asian American Pacific Islander affairs. And I know that there are some states uh, who have it, but I do hope that there, you know, other states are able to also be able to have something like a commission that focuses on AA and HPI affairs and that would be able to kind of do the research arm or engage with the community as the state is figuring out implementation um, or, you know, uh, responding through legislation. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, again, this is um, Goye Yang, who is Executive Director of the California Commission for Asian and Pacific Islander American Affairs. Thank you so much, Henry. One of the best things about recording today's podcast episode was because it was the opportunity to speak to people whom I've worked with and consider personal friends, such as Manju Kokarni, Executive Director of AAPI Equity Alliance. So Manju, um, why don't you let our listeners know uh, more about the Asian American Pacific Islander Equity Alliance and the work uh, that you do? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, Henry. Uh, just such a pleasure to be with you and with the listeners today. Um, AAPI Equity Alliance is a coalition of over 40 community-based organizations that together serve and represent the 1.5 million uh, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in Los Angeles County. Uh, we've actually been around since 1975 um, and were previously uh, known as APCON, the Asian Pacific Policy and Planning Council. Um, and in fact, started as part of the burgeoning uh, API movement in the 70s. Um, a small group of executive directors started it as the Asian Lunch Bunch to 
really talk about the challenges of the community and how they could seek policy solutions. So we've been doing that for over 45 years. And uh, more recently uh, in 2020, we co-founded Stop AAPI Hate, which has been the nation's leading aggregator of anti-Asian hate incidents from across the country. So um, uh, can you uh, let our listeners know uh, what was some of the work that um, Asian American Pacific Islander Equity Alliance did to ensure that this historic API equity budget was passed? Well, um, thank you for that question. I will say that, you know, partly from the work we were doing as Stop API Hey, you know, we made it clear that our communities needed resources to address what they were experiencing. So as early as 2020, we were advocating with our state legislators for funding um, for community-based organizations to deliver and provide direct services to the community. Um, and I just wanna express uh, my utmost appreciation to the API Legislative Caucus and their leadership. Um, as you mentioned, this is a historic level of investment, one that we've not seen uh, in the United States uh, for the hundred plus years that we've had a significant community uh, and really goes to address the underinvestment um, that we have seen, not only in our state, but in uh, every other state in the union. And I want to, you know, appreciate, uh, appreciate especially Assemblymember Ting uh, and his leadership on the budget committee uh, and as chair uh, we also had last year the leadership of David Shu, uh, and now this year with Senator Pan, uh, also uh, Evan Lowe um, and uh, Al Muratsuchi, as well as others. So they just really took the helm in ensuring uh, that we would get the resources we need. Uh, and, you know, I have to tell you that it it's that awareness and the understanding and being able to see our communities, to see our needs that is so critical because we've been invisibilized, right? For most of our history. Um, and so now being able to see those resources being allocated is so important. Um, so since the uh, API equity budget passage, um, there's already been uh, grants given out to your organization, to some of your member organizations. Can you uh, describe, um, you know, what's, what is the difference that's already made? Some of the funding under the $110 million that was allocated to California Department of Social Services, some of that has already been uh, made available through the Stop the Hate funding. Um, and I'm proud to say that AAPI Equity Alliance is serving as the regional lead in Los Angeles County for that funding. We have 25 organizations um, that have also been awarded funding to do the work in local communities because we know uh, AAPIs are diverse. We come from uh, different um, communities, different nationalities, as well as having different languages, religions. And so it's so important that uh, our organizations that know and understand the community can speak the language, have the cultural capacity 
that they um, are able to do this work. Additionally, uh, my organization, Stop API Hate, has also received uh, funding. And we're looking very broadly at solutions across the state uh, to address the needs. And in fact, we have three bills currently in the state legislature that are authored and co-authored by members of the API Ledge Caucus, really taking a holistic approach to addressing hate incidents, which we know to be the vast majority of experiences our communities have had. Let me ask you also, um... You know, what do you think uh, needs to be done um, to continue the work that Venori started um, before? So I think there are a few different pieces. Um, I think certainly um, the data issues are important and getting data disaggregation. And I was really heartened to see that um, $10 million in funding went to uh, AAPI data. Um, additionally, I think we see uh, ethnic media uh, getting resources as well, and that's so important so that information, um, you know, that happens at the state and local levels uh, gets fed to our communities. Um, so that I think is important as well. There are other programs related to first generation API college students. All of these are really, really important investments um, that I think begin to sort of bridge the gap um, that our communities have experienced for decades. And what can California's accomplishments show to the rest of the nation as a model to create greater equity and social justice for our APIs? Well, first off, it's the investment. Um, and we see already that California is serving as a model for uh, other states. Just uh, in the last month, uh, New York passed an API equity budget of $20 million. So really glad to see that there's funding going there as well. Um, and we know that there are other efforts too. Last year, uh, Governor Newsom signed a bill regarding ethnic studies and the incorporation into K through 12 curriculum. And guess what? Now we have Asian American studies uh, being included in Illinois, in New Jersey, Connecticut, several other states also following our lead there. Um, so all of these are important. And I, I hope too that our three bills will serve as a model because they address street harassment as a public health issue. They address um, safety in uh, public transit, and lastly, civil rights. Making sure that people feel comfortable when they go to the grocery store, the pharmacy, the big box retail. Uh, so we really anticipate that these will be uh, a model and hope that other state legislators take them up. Thank you so very much. Um, again, we have with us Manju Kokani, who is executive director for the Asian American Pacific Islander Equity Alliance. Thank you. Thank you, Henry. Thanks again to Phil Ting, Gawia Yang, and Manju Kokarni for being a part of this episode of Look West. I also want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who helped us uh, produce today's podcast episode. And I want to acknowledge the California and Asian Pacific Islander Legislative Caucus, um, who's chaired by Senator Richard Pan, Vice Chair 
by Assemblymember Evan Lowe, as well as the dedicated staff and consultant at the caucus, uh, in particular, Alyssa Uchida, and also my own colleague at DCO, Chris Mateo. Well, and thank you, Henry, for helping us put this episode together. It's greatly appreciated. I'm Don Andrews. That's Henry Lowe. We're with Look West, and we want to thank you for listening. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west. <laughs>